And good morning to you. Hello. And, uh, and as I say, my welcome to, to Trinity. And I, I love the fact that those two notices that we just had, you know, absolutely, that, that's, that's the talk really this morning about, about growing greener and about um, what we learn from Jesus' encounters when he was here on earth, what we learn about God's mission and God's heart, and then what we also learn about what it means to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people through the things that we do as well as the things that we say. So that's, that's our, our focus through this summer, growing greener, the sense of not dividing life into kind of like, you know, if you can use this imagery, yellow space where, you know, I can be a Christian here in my life group or on a Sunday morning and then and there's the blue out there, there's tomorrow morning, you know, and I kind of divide my life off. Uh, many people here don't do that, but I know I'm tempted to. And yet God just sees green, doesn't he, to use this analogy, this picture. He just sees the, the yellow and the, and the blue just flowing into each other. And green space then is that space where faith and life and all of these things just flow into each other. And we can have a sense of nurturing green space. That's what we're, we're thinking about as a, as a church because as I, as I keep saying, with real sadness um, as well as challenge, you know, 97, 98% even, um, I know some people are using the analogy of the one and the 99, that we mustn't focus on the, the one because of the 99 that need to be found. So many people don't know the good news of Jesus Christ and the armory exists and other things exist. And, and Bishop Rachel, again, she's been very foremost in a campaign uh, about social media and particularly young women about identity and, and finding their identity, not in, not in Instagram or wherever it may be, but, but knowing your identity as a loved child of God. So that's what we're about as a church. And we're looking at some encounters with Jesus. Um, here's a picture of an encounter. There we go. That's a good encounter, isn't it? I love two things about this, uh, uh, about the, the image there. Um, the first is the bear behind, the enormous bear. The second thing is that someone felt the need to put a red arrow <laughs> on the bear so that you would notice the bear. You know, as if you could look at the photo and go, oh, I didn't notice that. Well, we're looking at an encounter that Jesus had, which was extraordinary in many different ways. It's his encounter with a, a, a Samaritan woman, and it's John chapter 4. We're going to read it together because uh, I'm going to encourage you to open Bibles, switch them on. But, you know, we, are, we have a generational thing, actually. Uh, how much, you know, are we really hungry for God's word? So, so let's be hungry for God's word. Let's read this together. I know that might be odd, but literally, let's read it out loud together. So let's put the reading on the on the screens it's John 4 verse 4 reading through um, and then I've tacked on a verse at the end as well hope you can read that it's NIV version this one let's literally read it together let's allow God's word let's pray God's word God come into our hearts what do you want to say to us as a result of this this morning let's read together the he by the way is Jesus sorry now he had to go through Samaria so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. 
when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to (laughs) draw more again. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what we, you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. And I'm sorry, it's my fault for cutting off a couple of the bits, but well done. It was deliberate to keep you awake. (laughs) There's nothing more important that we could do than read God's word. That has taken up a right amount of time, hasn't it? This is an extraordinary encounter. The woman says it for herself. You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for 
a drink. How can you ask me for a drink? Why is an extraordinary encounter? Well, she was a Samaritan, a race utterly despised by the Jews as having no claim on God. They occupied the country formerly belonging to the the tribe of Ephraim and the half-tribe of Manasseh. You can read about that in 2 Kings chapter 17. They intermarried with foreigners and they adopted aspects of their religions, idolatry in the eyes of the Jews. They were despised by the Jews. How can you ask me for a drink? They only accepted five books uh, of Moses. They rejected all the writings of the prophets and all the Jewish traditions. If you read Nehemiah, you'll see that it's the Samaritans uh, who lead the opposition against the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. As as Jesus referenced to, to the woman, the Samaritans built their own temple uh, on, on Mount uh, Gerizim. And they insisted that Moses had designated that as the place to worship God, not Jerusalem. They were designated in Joshua, if you read Joshua chapter 20, Samaria was designated as a place of refuge for criminals, violators of the Jewish laws and people who had been excommunicated. How can you ask me for a drink? She's a woman. Jesus is a man. He's a rabbi. How can you ask me for a drink? She's a social outcast. She's drawing water from the well at, uh, at the middle of the day. She hasn't gone when all of the other women would go, when, when people would naturally gather as the high point of the day. Uh, there's a picture here of, of Harry from our church family standing at a, a borehole that we're paying for. Now, there's no women there. I apologise. I've noticed that. But that, that borehole, when it's dug, and we're praying, God, that there is water there, will be a, a social hub in Entemeti, in our partner diocese, in Kenya. But she's come when no one else is there. She is an immoral woman, a sinner, self-confessed, living openly with the sixth of a whole series of men. How can you ask me for a drink? It is impossible to bridge the divide between, between me and you, the woman is asking. In these encounters with Jesus over these weeks during the summer, we're asking ourselves two key questions. What do we learn about God and his mission purposes from these encounters? And then secondly, what do we learn for ourselves about sharing the good news of Jesus What do we learn about God from this encounter? Well, I've just given you a whole load of specifics. Jesus, God in human form, crosses all of these boundaries. But there's a bigger picture. Did you notice verse 4 that the writer John says, now he had to go through Samaria. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He didn't. He didn't. So what's going on? Is John wrong to record this? 
See, the normal route for Jesus to take as a, as a Jewish traveller from Judea up to Galilee, which is where he was travelling from south to north, would have avoided and skirted Samaria because it was dangerous. It's somewhere you didn't go. Jesus had to go because he was led by the Holy Spirit to go. He didn't have to go for any practical reason. He had to go because of what it tells us about God's heart and God's mission and God's leading. He had to go for the sake of that woman and for all of the people across Samaria. Isn't it amazing that Jesus trusted her, God trusted her to be his evangelist? Trusted her so much more than she could have ever have trusted herself. Right from the start, we're surprised by the extraordinary in the middle of the ordinary. God loves us all. He loves all who might think of themselves as outcasts. He loves all of us who are are sinners. Every single one of us messes up and let God's Love and God's restorative restoration purposes are for all people in every part of the world, including those the religious attempted to reject. And he he loves enough to seek out personally. To seek out personally. There's a word here for some in this room. He is Jesus, God personally, seeking us out and seeking all out. He's also the only way to salvation. He is the Messiah, the sent saviour. It's of course no accident. The woman is looking for the essence of life. She has gone to gather water, to draw water, the very essence of life. And what Jesus offers her, offers her is life, spiritual, new life. Everyone who drinks the earthly water, says Jesus, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. It is the spring of eternal life. Now, I do believe that we should hope for the gates of heaven to be very much wider than we might try to draw them ourselves. That's a lesson in this story. But the only way that we know that is certain of eternal life is through Jesus. Through Jesus and responding to him personally. And this woman knew her need. She was seeking, she was looking for the Messiah. Actually, in a stark contrast to the way that the Jews back in Jerusalem were missing the Messiah amongst them. She is looking, she is open. The one who has been rejected, the one who has no right to know the things of God, is the one who absolutely gets the things of God. 
There's a sense, isn't there, although she doesn't articulate it precisely, there is an absolute clear sense of her repentance, her acceptance of who she is, of the barriers between her and God and everyone else, and her desire for new life. And she is transformed. The power and purpose of God's mission is restoration and transformation. She, the outcast, is to be the evangelist for all of her village and all of its people. Do you imagine she'll ever be going to a well again in the middle of the day on her own? Those are the things of God's purposes. What do we learn about us and the way that we share good news with others from this encounter? Well, the first, of course, is to be led by the Holy Spirit and to cross boundaries. Jesus, as I've said, went to Samaria for spiritual reasons. We need to be going led by the Spirit. And as we're led by the Spirit, then the extraordinary will invade the ordinary. The woman goes expecting to receive the ordinary and in fact comes back with the extraordinary. If we're prepared to look and to see and to be led and invite the Holy Spirit to lead us wherever the Holy Spirit wants us to go, wherever God's purposes are to go, then the same things happen with and in us. The extraordinary of God invades the ordinary. And something as everyday and as simple and as normal as drawing water becomes God's wonderful restoration work. You know, I read this story and I ask myself, who, who do I reject? Who do I consider? And by the way, when I reject, I reject in a really lovely, middle-class, nice way. You know? And when you become the leader of a church, you just get more sophisticated at rejecting people in more nice ways. Who, who do I, when I watch the news, who do I consider beyond God's love. Am I truly open to the Spirit to lead me wherever God wishes? Am I, am I truly led by the Spirit to be open to seeing the extraordinary in the ordinary. See, one of the things I can be tempted to do as a kind of professional Christian is to imagine that God only wants big, extraordinary things. My purpose in my life is to put on the big occasions when God can turn up. But God didn't organise a big occasion. He organised a very ordinary encounter 
which becomes extraordinary because it is led by the Holy Spirit. Am I too busy as a Christian trying to do grand things for my God out of a sense of duty perhaps that I just can't see what's right in my face? Do you notice the progression of the story? Actions speak louder than words, don't they, at first? Do you notice that Jesus wins her confidence first? He wins her confidence through the exercise of hospitality. There's a drink of water involved, and it's a real need for a real glass of water. How am I, how am I gaining confidence with others? How am I... How am I letting my actions speak loudly to others? How am I using the gift of hospitality as the way of nurturing and enjoying green space? How are you? How are we? I then notice in the story, again, the seeing with spiritual eyes, the use of the prophetic Jesus speaks into this woman directly about her circumstances, something that that demonstrates to her that God is here, that something is going on. He's able to look into her life and to say something. He's given knowledge by the Holy Spirit about her. And it is the same Holy Spirit. He is in us. I remember on an Alpha course, I might have said this before, and I apologise if I... I remember on an Alpha course, uh, just having someone who told me they were an atheist. I've, in my life, met hardly any real atheists when you get down to it. But he really wanted to tell me he was. Most atheists turn out to be agnostics when you really press where you're going. Um, And I was... Week in, week out, we'd been struggling to, to connect. And forgive me taking so long... But eventually I realised I needed to pray to God to just give me something. And, and I, what I got was red bike. And I said to God, no, I wanted something significant and good that I could say to this person that I'd prayed about. And God said, no, red bike. And I said, no, God, no, you don't get the idea. I'm the leader of the church. I really need something profound. And God and in a prayer time, just at the end of uh, an alpha, when again this person was just saying why they thought what we were sharing was wrong, and a whole series of things. I just said, look, I was praying for you and I asked God to give me something and he gave me a red bike. There you go. And it was so annoying that absolutely nothing happened. (laughs) You know, you really... Until a week later, when he came back, And he said, you know that red bike? It's in my shed. And I used to ride it. And I used to really enjoy riding it. I used to feel alive when I was riding that red bike. I actually used to ride it quite often when my wife was going to church and I was refusing to go to church. Now, I actually don't know how that story ends because that is as far as God took it in that moment. But I was able to say, I think God was speaking to you there, don't you? And that person had to go away saying, hmm, 
There are great dangers, of course, in our own agendas. There are great risks and dangers. Of course there are in not being right, in not listening to God. But if you offer gently, if you offer with a wondering, if you offer with a real absolute permission to be wrong, if you say things like, you know, I just have a sense, I just wonder, I just noticed that you used the same word a few times. I've just been, as we've been sharing time together, I've just kind of... Then my experience is that God blesses those steps of courage to say that he loves you. He really does love you. He loves you so personally and so much. I think he might have given me something to share with you. I do notice, though, that words of proclamation and explanation are required. We do... With the actions must then come the proclamation about who Jesus is. And this woman is searching. She wants to know. She's heard about the Messiah. She's heard that there's a saviour. She wants to know in a way that the Jewish and others, you know, authorities in, in Jerusalem don't want to know. And we're in a generation. Do not be fooled by those who've had enough religion to put themselves off God. They are a real group, but they're a declining size of group. The bigger majority of people out there, the bigger group of your friends, the people you're going to see at work tomorrow, the people you're going to spend time with later today, the people you're going to shop with, the people you can socialise with, the neighbours you can invite in for a barbecue, the majority of them want to know more. They want to know what we believe and why we believe it. They may have all kinds of questions, please God. But they're searching. People are searching and the sadness is they don't think they'll find the answers in this building. But they might find it in this building, the temple, the people of God, the church of God spread. And then you notice from the story, don't you, that testimony is the powerful tool that God uses in leading people to faith. Stories. He told me everything there was to know about me. He told me everything about myself. And so a village comes to find Jesus. And you'll notice the progression in the story. Eventually they say, uh, we believed at first because of you. They said to the woman, verse 42, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. People need to experience it for themselves. We can't do vicarious faith. We can't do faith on behalf of other people. There comes a point where people have to experience God for themselves. And if you're here with a partner who you, you know, or someone you've been desperately sharing with, just know that the truth is it is between ultimately them and God. They have to experience it for themselves. It's not your, it's not your job. It's God's job to do the conviction. But are we available? Are we available to make an offer? To be, to be part of the bridge to others? Testimony is the powerful tool. And it's so often the small testimonies that actually people tell you made the difference in their lives. 
I'm so tempted to want big testimonies. When my God encounters people in very ordinary ways and he makes them extraordinary because that's his job. Yeah? So to finish, God loves you. He loves them. He loves everyone. God is on a mission for all of creation. God does not see boundaries that restrict his movements. God does not see rejection in the way that we might try and define it. God sees people that he loves and he is personally after. God sees us as his agents. He's got more confidence in us to be his evangelist than we could ever have in ourselves. He knows the story we have. He knows the story we can share. He is willing, if we are willing, to lead us in mission. He is able to take the ordinary and to make it extraordinary. The woman went for ordinary and came back with extraordinary. She did not miss her opportunities. Her opportunities to say yes to Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, the only one who can satisfy our deepest needs. She did not miss her opportunity to share the good news with others. If you're able to stand, please do. It's our way to pray, isn't it? Because we need God's we need God's word for us today. Whatever that looks like, whatever you know, whatever it feels like, whatever that is, we we all of us, I, I'm sure we all seek a deeper encounter with the pre- it's in the presence of God that our lives are transformed. And maybe that for you this morning is in the pre- to be in the presence of God, to, to let the one who loves you come for you personally this morning. Maybe that is you this morning. Maybe, maybe this is your opportunity. This is your moment. You came here today you know, for a, for a kind of glass of water and God wants to give you living water. God wants to change your life. You know, I love the fact the armory changes lives and body shape. God wants to change everything from the inside out and then use the armory as well. God wants you. He wants all of you. He wants all of me. He's the, he's the closest friend, the best, because he wants everything. Only just the bit. He doesn't only want the bits that he likes. You know, he wants all of us. All of us. He wants all of you. He'll cross every boundary. He has already in Jesus for you. He just says, be real with me. Be real with me. Don't feel any more need to put on a show. Just feel able to say, God, 
I am sorry for anything that is a barrier between me and you. I am sorry, God, if I have let anything become my God. I am sorry if I have lived in a way which has been wrong. I'm, I'm sorry, God, if there's anything in my life right this moment that is not aligned with what is good and healthy and right and proper. I say sorry to you, God. And I ask you in Jesus to come again or for the first time into my life now. Jesus, come into me. I thirst for the living water of eternal life. Come into my life. For the first time or for the whatever number of times. Flow, living water of God, flow. Flow through me. Transform me in your presence, God. Transform, please, me in your presence now, God. I receive the gift of eternal life again. Of all you want for me. Of all I am truly in you. And Holy Spirit, I want to go where, where you lead. Holy Spirit, I want to go. I don't want to be defined by my, even my own restrictions, let alone the restrictions of anyone else. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me where you want to take me. Not a sense of where I need to go, but where you want to take me. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. In your power, in the name of Jesus, I, I, I just reject any boundaries, any borders, any false fences. You know, I pray if I've been squeezed anywhere by the thinking of the world, squeezed about what I'm allowed to say or not say or do or not do, in the name of Jesus, I, I speak against that. I speak your power, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And Jesus, for us, your church, for us, your church, Give us courage. Give us boldness. Move us with compassion for those who are thirsty. Take us off the safe paths. Take us off just the safe routes. Take, we, God, not in a naive and foolish way, take us boldly where you want us to go. Take us boldly. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.
I don't know, maybe there's a few people who want to be commissioned in a, in a sense today. You just want to come forward now. It's our way to pray with people. That, as you know, I've, I've prayed there a bit and Holy Spirit at work. But, but why don't you just come? You have a sense of wanting to respond to something in this story that I've shared, this encounter Words that I've not said as much as words that I have said. If you just want to come, maybe for a sense of commissioning, maybe for a sense of boldness. I don't know, when I was saying about feeling squeezed by words and others, policies at work. Um, just why don't you come? Just as, you know, if you want to step out, and maybe there's a specific person or people you just want someone to come and pray with you about, that you will be led by this Holy Spirit. I just wonder if there's a few people who you really want to pray for prophetic insight. You want to pray for prophetic insight into a relationship because you do need something from God to, to break through that boundary, that barrier. It might be with a partner, family members, at work. You, you need something. You've been trying a few things and you need, you need something from God. Please come. Please come. And we'll pray with you. And we'll pray with you. If you're praying for breakthrough with family members, breakthrough with partners, husbands, wives, I sense that this morning again. I know that can be so painful and we, we're with you. We are family with you. We're family with you. You're not on your own. You're not on your own. Would others in the church family just come and pray with these lovely folk who've, who've had the courage to step forward? Just come and please pray. And we'll probably need quite a lot of us, church family, to come and pray. Let's be in it together. Thank you. Holy Spirit, for those who step forward, come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's more, more to come and pray, please. Got lots of people standing, looking for people to pray with. We're going to need a lot of people just to come and lay a hand on. Just join in with what God is doing. Holy Spirit, come. Load more women down to my left, please. Just down here on my left. You may not have prayed before with anyone, but just, just come and lay a hand on someone and just say, God, whatever you're doing, more of it. Just down to my, my left, your right. Thank you, God. Some of you might even want to come and pray for our church to be even more outward looking again for our mission, our co-mission with God. Holy Spirit, would you come? Jesus, Jesus. What we did before we went into the talk about way my word for people. Just a reminder as well for um, that moment that we had at the end of our worship. I had a real sense that there's some people that came here this morning saying, I really need a word from God. I really need that guidance from him. And so it might, it might be that it's nothing to do with anything uh, that Andrew shared, but you just know that you can't really leave this space without an encouragement from God, a word from him. Um, and so if, that, if that's you, just an encouragement to come forward and we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to seek the Lord together for you. So do come forward if that was you. Uh, an another, another lady, please, another woman to come and pray down on my right would be great. Just down here. My right, your left would be great. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It is time for some of us to go and collect children and there are refreshments available in Trinity House. Just a the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, rest on us all.
as we go into the rest of this day and this week. Led by you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll carry on praying at the front. Refreshments in Trinity House. Children to be collected, please.